The reading, the reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Jesus was telling them a parable about their need to pray continuously and not be discouraged. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him, asking, Give me justice in this case against my adversary. For a while he refused, but finally said to himself, I don't fear God or respect people, but I will give this widow justice because she keeps bothering me. Otherwise, there will be no end to her coming here and embarrassing me. The Lord said, Listen to what the judge says. Won't God provide justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will give them justice quickly. But when the human one comes, will he find faithfulness on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Will you please pray with me? Loving and gracious God, we give thanks for your presence that fills our lives and saturates our world. And we pray that we will experience your presence this morning and in that hear your word for us. Amen. So today we're looking at a parable. And in many ways, parables are similar to the stories that we've been looking at in First and Second Samuel for the last month or so. They function like myth where there is a story that's deeply embedded with truth about God and the human experience, where characters represent ideas or beliefs or ways of living our life that connect with us in our, like our search for meaning and truth. It's, it's why I, I love preaching on parables, except for maybe this parable, because... It's kind of terrible. It's, it's usually referred to as the parable of the unjust judge. It's the story of a widow who's seeking justice. She goes to the local judge. But this judge doesn't care about God and doesn't care about people. And I'll just note that that's the exact opposite of the greatest commandment that Jesus gives. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And all we know about this judge is that he doesn't love God and he doesn't love people. But the widow is persistent. She comes back day after day and keeps pestering the judge. Give me justice. Give me justice. Give me justice. Eventually, the judge relents and grants justice. But what's troubling is that the judge gives justice not because he cares about her nor about actually the justice being doled out. The judge is just tired and gives in. And this parable is supposed to teach us to be persistent in prayer. But if we're supposed to be persistent like the widow, does that mean that God is like the unjust judge who doesn't care or respect us? A judge that denies justice to those that lack persistent prayer? 
That's not a very encouraging picture of God. That's not a God that I'm too overly excited about following, which is why I said this parable is terrible. It's Ron, by the way. But, but what I should have said is not that the, the parable is terrible, but that my reading of it is terrible. Because the parable itself is neutral, like all parables. It's a story that we are left to interpret and apply to our lives. And when we read it, we bring with it expectations and presumptions that turn God into the unjust judge. But where in the parable does it say that God is the unjust judge? Sure, most conventional readings would uh, read that God is a powerful judge. But, but when is Jesus conventional? When Jesus tells stories, the heroes are women and tax collectors and folks with chronic illness. I mean, in, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus names six different people that are examples of great faith. They're caretakers of a man with disabilities, a Roman soldier, two different people with chronic illnesses, someone who couldn't work and had to rely on the generosity of others, and a woman with a sinful past. These are the people that Jesus lifts up as models of our faith. These are our heroes, not teachers or priests or judges. The, the parables of Jesus rarely stick to conventional power dynamics where God is portrayed as a rich, powerful man. These stories take our expectations and flip them on their head. So why presume that God is the unjust judge? What if it's the opposite? What if God is the widow and we are the judge? After all, the widow is battling an adversary. And that's a word that jumps out because the Hebrew word for adversary is one of, one of those Hebrew words that you don't know you know. Satan just means adverse. Satan just means adversary in Hebrew. And Luke is written in Greek, but, uh, but the Greek word that is translated as adversary in our passage is a direct reference to Satan elsewhere in the New Testament. It's First uh, Peter 5, I think it says something like, your adversary, comma, the devil, dot, dot, dot. So using the word adversary, Jesus is hinting that the widow is the one that battles the forces of injustice and evil. Uh, but maybe even more than that, what really stands out is that the widow is absolutely insistent that the oppressed receive justice. She comes back again and again and again, insisting the judge have a change of heart. The widow's strategy isn't an overwhelming show of force, but a slow and steady presence, which, at least in my experience, if, if God acts like, if anyone in this parable acts like God, it's the widow which of course makes us the judge, mostly not paying attention, distracted by things that don't matter. 
and honestly just really tired. For us to change, we need a persistent widow coming back day after day, doing whatever it takes to call us, to beckon us, to show us life. Not with this dramatic, overwhelming show of force, but with a slow and steady presence, sort of like how the, the Colorado River gradually carves out the Grand Canyon. And that's kind of what happens in this story. Eventually, the judge says to the widow, you know what, you can have it your way. Your will be done. Which, you know, is how Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be his name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I really like this reading of the parable because, yeah, like God's this slow and steady presence working for justice. But it gets less fun when we apply it to our lives. Because we want to be the ones insistently praying for justice, not the ones that need to change. We want to believe that prayer is about God listening to us instead of us listening to God. But, but I wonder if the kind of persistent prayer Jesus is talking about here is, is more of a posture of listening than it is directing. And, and, and some of this is just because, I don't know about y'all, but this bears true in my life. I, I spent a lot of years praying and working for justice before facing the hard reality that my desire for justice had a lot to do with me. I had been sort of shaped to believe that, that our world needed to be saved from the forces of you know, colonialism and systemic racism and white supremacy and patriarchy and that I was, I was on the team that would fight them. I mean, like, I, I moved to the Middle East and enrolled at a seminary where I was like the only native English speaker, and I wrote my thesis on religion and colonialism and, and, and the evils and the sins of it. So, uh, I mean, of course, I was repping teen justice, right? But if I allow myself to be the judge instead of the widow, then my role changes to, to listen to where and how I'm a colonizing force that I always thought I was fighting. And, and I wish I could just leave this story 15 years behind when I had that brilliant revelation, uh, but I noticed some of these same dynamics. The one other time I preached on this passage, like five or six years ago, I, I used the example of how God was like a persistent widow in, in my life, slowly opening my eyes to how the church was, fully, was called to fully embrace the queer community. And that, that story absolutely fits. It's, it, it's a good example, but it's notable that I picked an example where I end up on Team Justice, rather than an example of how I am still the judge in the painfully slow process of transformation. So perhaps a, a better illustration would be the journey towards racial justice, uh, where 
liberal white folks are terrified of seeing ourselves as the judge. Because that would mean that we're not just like symbols of discrimination. We are actually barriers to the justice that we espouse and long for. It, it feels wrong. It feels like cognitive dissonance to see ourselves as racist because we care so deeply about eliminating racism. But, but the journey to being anti-racist begins with the acknowledgement of our own implicit racial bias and, and the ways that we perpetuate white supremacist values that shaped us, informed us. And, and for me, it's been a, a practice of listening to, to God working through the persistent widows in my life who've helped me see, well, to start, like, how I've been shaped by a culture that, that puts the white experience at the center and, and blinds us to the experiences of those outside dominant culture, how I've been taught to value efficiency over relationship, how my, my personal worth is based on what I produce, that like this, this unspoken belief that if I show up at a meeting, like my voice needs to be heard, I need to contribute, I, I can't just listen. Or how I subconsciously believe that, that if I'm uncomfortable in a setting, then then there's something's wrong, it needs to change. The persistent widows in my life continue to reveal the ways that I show up in the world and connect that to how it affects my expectations and experiences and relationships with people of color and, well, women and the queer community and with just about everyone. And for me, just personally, that's the power of this parable. I mean, it's, it's kind of embarrassing to say it, but, but I need the slow persistence of the widow in this parable because this is hard stuff to face. And, and honestly, I can only handle so much at a time. Like, I have to listen and sit with it, internalize it, and take it to heart if, if I actually am going to change. So I, I need that reassurance that, that she is a slow and persistent widow who won't leave me behind. And, and that's just my experience, but it makes me wonder how God is, is acting like a persistent widow in, in all of our lives. Maybe, maybe for some, it's around some issue of justice you're still grappling with. Or maybe it's, it's more personal. Maybe it's God slowly and steadily calling you to forgiveness or reconciliation or healthier boundaries. Maybe God is persistently calling you to let go of the desire that things would be different in your life and surrender, letting go of expectations of how things should turn out. I mean, and I don't mean that in like an unhealthy way, but a deep acceptance that's sometimes necessary in the face of pain. Or, or maybe God's slowly inviting you to stand up 
walk taller, embrace your own power in the face of all that would denigrate it. I, I don't know, and I can't know. But here's what I do know. If God is anything like this persistent widow, then she doesn't give up on us. She does not rest. She keeps calling us into right relationship with God and one another. She brings us life day by day, slowly and steadily calling us home. Amen.